bandwidth for This Week in Photo is provided by the CashFly Content Delivery Network. Send your web content blazingly fast with CashFly. And now, pay as you go. Start with two terabytes free by going to C-A-C-H-E-F-L-Y dot com and use the promo code TWIP. This episode is brought to you by FreshBooks, the super simple cloud accounting software that's giving thousands of freelancers and small businesses the tools to save time billing and get paid faster. Try it free at freshbooks.com slash TWIP. This episode is brought to you by the new TWIP school course, Aurora HDR 2017 Demystified. In this course, globetrotting photographer Federico Chielli takes you through every nook and cranny of this groundbreaking HDR app from MacFun. The course is regularly priced at $147, but for a few days with the coupon code WANDERLUST, will knock the price down to just $99. You can check it out at twipschool.com. This is TWIP, episode 489, Wanderlust and New Gear. In this episode, I introduce you to a new member of the TWIP family, Federico Chielli, and Microsoft's new Surface Studio PC is a creative's dream, and it wants to kill the iMac. Also, Apple updates the MacBook Pro with a new touch bar interface, and Sweden bans drones in public places. It's Monday, October 31st, 2016, Halloween, and this is TWIP. Hey folks, welcome back to another episode of This Week in Photo. I am your host, Frederick Van Johnson. Today on the show, something a little bit different. First of all, I'm bringing a good friend of mine on to chit-chat with me about the stories affecting photographers this week. Um, his name is... Uh, I knew I was going to butcher your name. Today. <laughs> <laughs> his name is Federico Chiele. Did I get Perfect. it right? Perfect. Perfect. Look at that right there. That performance Even anxiety with... Print- yeah, I know. I got to get you with the emphasis. It's Italian. I got to get the emphasis or else it doesn't sound right. Um, yeah, but, but you and I have known each other for a while now. And I think it started because you were you were listening to TWIP and then we did a workshop together. And then now we're just best of friends. So, But it's, it's kind of weird that you've never been on the show because you've done courses in the TWIP school. We've gone on... You've done a workshop down in Mexico. We talk all the time. All these things that are going on that we're collaborating on. We have been and, plotting and this in is the your dark. First time here. <laughs> What's that? The, the official presentation. We've been plotting in the dark. We've been plotting <laughs> in the dark. Without telling yeah. anyone. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, Fede, welcome to the show. Welcome to this week in photos. It's a pleasure to have you on, sir. It's good to be here. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. This is going to be a lot of fun. You've list, uh, you've heard one or two episodes of Twit before, right? So you know yes. how this, you know the flow of the show and how everything yes. goes. So I'll try to be, I'll try to be nice since it's your first time on the show. Thank I won't. You. I'll try not to get lost. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, this is going to be good. So, Fetty, before we dive into the the meat of this show, let's talk about you a little bit. Like what what. Yeah, just a little bit of history. Like we said, you know, you've got that awesome Italian accent, which kind of lets me know that you were maybe born in Europe somewhere. Born tell and us, raised tell us. in Italy. Yeah, uh, there you and, go. And then I came to the state a long time ago, 30 years ago, but it's not enough to lose my accent, I guess. Uh, <laughs> and I've done a bunch of different things. Uh, one which is really important is kind of I had an IT career for a while that now allows me to be uh, location independent, basically. I'm a geek, but I can really live wherever I want. So I spend yeah. a few months uh, in New York and Brooklyn, but the rest of the time I travel all the time because both my girlfriend and I are crazy about traveling and photography, both of us. I'm one of those lucky people that can travel and, and not annoy the partner uh, with too many photos. Uh, she takes 
she takes Which more is awesome, than me. By the way. It's amazing. It's like it's it's a blessing, basically. Uh, and your people should check out your Instagram feed. It's at Instagram.com slash F C H I E L I. Fede Kiele, right? So yes. F C H I E L I at yeah. Instagram. Yeah, so definitely check that out. And people can live vicariously through you because you're yeah, you know, one of the things I, I love about you, Fede, is you're you're what's the word humble i guess yeah so it's it's you're humble about the stuff that you're working on and the stuff that you're doing and then when people see your work they're like oh that's that guy wow uh, <laughs> you know? so congratulations on that so you, when people you. see your instagram feed they'll they'll see what i'm talking about but so basically because of, of that kind of like new lifestyle that is becoming uh, trendy and popular we i'm allowed yeah. to live everywhere and we chose uh, my girlfriend is from mexico uh, three, four years ago to spend long times in winter in Mexico every year. So yeah. we live in Tulum, which is in the Yucatan Peninsula. And, and while there, we started traveling around by car every weekend, basically discovering like inch by inch the whole, the whole area. And then we started traveling more in Mexico. And that's how the Mexican thing started. Uh, beside Mexico, then yeah. we traveled to other locations. But yeah, our, earlier our this year, you, went to, uh, you, went, you guys went to Iceland, right? And yes. traveled the island there. Yes. We did a How long, m- month-long trip. Uh, it was amazing. It was my second time. The first time was too short. Uh, and we kind of got there, spent nine days, and we cried when it was time to leave. And we were like, okay, I, I promise the next time we're going to spend a long time. So we planned it. It took a while uh, to try to do it efficiently, money-wise, too, because it's kind of an expensive country. But we spent almost a month this time, and we traveled literally uh, around the whole island, including the West Fjord area, which is kind of remote. Uh, not many people go there. And it was yeah. in- incredible, unbelievable. Wow. Yeah, I, I've heard nothing but awesome things about uh, about Iceland from the land and from the sky. I was talking to my, my friend Eric Chang, who used to work at DJI. He was, I, I did an interview at his house uh, a while ago. And he was showing me this this footage that he had yeah. flown an Inspire, a DJI Inspire, which at the time was you know kind of state of the art. They had flown two of those over active volcanoes. Wow! <laughs> filmed it. I'm sorry, I had nothing to fly basically because I, I was <laughs> yeah. still droneless at that time. So yeah. all, all my images are from the ground. But well, uh, we're going to talk about your your yeah. foray into the world of drones because yes. you have a brand new drone yeah. in your hands over there that we're gonna we're gonna dive into. Um, before we dive into that stuff, I want to talk a little bit about just a couple of things that were, you know, I kind of hinted that we were collaborating on a couple of things. Yes. Um, there's there's two, well, more than two, but the, the two things that I want to talk about are Twip Wanderlust, which I think is the first time that I've mentioned that name on This Week in Photo. It's kind of our Skunk Works project. Yes. It's called Twip Wanderlust at twipwanderlust.com. So, Fede, tell us, tell us what Twip Wanderlust is all about. It's not just a show, right? What is it? It's not just a show. It's going to be definitely a show. But uh, we basically met in person last year. You came to Mexico. Uh, we did a couple of things together. We, we produced like a, a course that is uh, uh, on sale also on, on the Twip School. And we got mm-hmm. to basically hang out in a place that originally I designed to be the perfect location for a workshop. And then for different reasons, we decided not to do a workshop at that time, but we decided just to hang out. We didn't know each other. You came to Mexico. We spent, I think, like uh, about nine days together. Yeah. And, and yeah. we went around all the locations where I really designed uh, the first workshop that we were going to do. So Twip Wanderlust is going to be uh, a podcast. 
but he's also going to be us doing workshops uh, around the world, basically, together. That's the, yeah. the mega plan. Uh, yeah. And, of course, we had to start from Mexico because it's the place that I, I, I know better, basically. We had yeah. a lot of hookups there. I spent so much time. I know all the local organizations. And, uh, and basically, we got to hang out and, and sample a few of the destinations that uh, we're going to use for our first workshop, which is going to happen in February. Yes, uh, in 2017. Yes, yeah, which I'm really excited for. So we kind of had the, like you mentioned, the dry run or the the practice run. Yeah. With while while enjoying the beauty that is the Yucatan Peninsula the last time. And while now shooting we, and producing like crazy because I remember. Yeah, because like, we, we were like, yeah because <laughs> what we decided to do was because the full transparency the original plan was to do to do the workshop. Yeah. And then we rolled that back and said, let's do the course instead and use this kind of as a scouting adventure. Yeah. And then, you know, we'll do a course for the TWIP school, a fantastic course for the TWIP school. And then, you know, we'll kind of kill multiple birds with one stone with an eye that this February we'll do the full, we'll bring people down there and yeah. take them around places that they never knew existed, yeah. like those cenotes. It's crazy. Uh, <laughs> but the course we produced is in the TWIP school. It's called Digital Video Alchemy. And it's a course that basically takes people through how to build, in this case, a music video using tools that they already own. You know, so yeah. we use our, our our mirrorless cameras. We use the DJI Osmo. We were flying the Phantom Three around, you know, Mayan pyramids and shooting <laughs> footage. We had musicians in different locations, yeah. and we edited everything on the spot in in our hotel. You know. Actually, it wasn't a hotel. It was a rented no. house, right? Yeah. In this beautiful rented house that we had and ended up with this awesome, beautiful product, right? Yeah. Which is now for sale in TWIP School. And I think so. the fact that we hung out, both of us, but also with friends, we had musicians around, people that I knew from back in the days in Mexico, made it uh, like a great experience. And, and hopefully that's going to be the, the kind of vibe that we're going to have at the workshop. Uh, it's going to yep. be the same the same house. Actually, it's going to be two houses because uh, we need to host uh, a little more people. Yeah. Uh, but the, the place is a dream come true. And there's like resident staff and the, the chef that cooks every day. So it's... it's yeah, like, see, uh, let, let me emphasize that because it, yeah. it's... You got to <laughs> emphasize that. So we're in this little town where, where, where we're staying. What was the name of the town again? Izumal. Izumal, Mexico's. The town of Izumal, Mexico. So we're we're staying, and we have a rented house, which is actually too. In this case, for house. the workshop, is gonna. It's it's kind of like a, it looks like an hacienda, so like a traditional. Uh, yeah, because it's open Mexican inside. Home. It's all yes. it's all private, but then you go in, and it just opens to this giant expanse with indoor yeah. ponds, and you know the the, the rooms are like palatial. And, yeah. yeah, yeah, it was just just crazy. Yeah, it's like a dream. Um, but that's where we're staying. That's, that'll yes. be February. So, yeah, that's that's exciting. So we're launching, part of the reason why I wanted to bring you on this episode, Fede, is we're launching TWIP Wanderlust this week, right? So we're we're launching the site where people can start signing up for the adventures that we're producing. The first adventure is this Mexican adventure. Yes. Um, and that will be the, the, the only thing that's available. We're working on some other things, but we're... That's the one that we, we can make available. How many spots do we have available for that right now? So oh, well, all of the spots are available. What's the capacity? 10 people. Uh, mm -hmm. it, it's going to be a little peculiar compared to other workshops because of the configuration of the houses. Uh, not to run into trouble, we decided, okay, let's do only single occupancy. Because mm -hmm. being a house, uh, there's some rooms that have double beds, 
But so if somebody comes as a couple, we welcome couples. Uh, and, and there's going to be enough beds for couples. But if, if you want to come uh, alone, basically you'll get a double bed for yourself. Yeah. Uh, we have a small number of rooms where we can actually put two beds. So if two friends, two buddies want to share a room, there's a possibility, I guess, for like two or three rooms maximum. Mm-hmm. But the rest is going to be either single occupancy or just couples. And yeah. the maximum group uh, is going to be 10 people because we don't want to go above 10 people because then I think the... Well, the just level logistically, of attention that, yeah. yeah, that we can. Yeah, not, not, not only for the accommodations, it gets tricky with more than ten, but just overall yeah. comfort and yeah. you know, we like you said, we have a private chef that comes yeah. into the house that cooks to order for yeah. each person, and then yeah, like you said, transportation getting from place to place, you know, the, the size of the the transportation yeah. that we can use, and then just we're getting gonna into be, different. We're going to be on boats in in a, in a like biosphere, you know, like it's going to be a lot of adventure. So having a small yeah. number of people is going to help out a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's gonna be good. I'm excited for that. So that's one thing that we're working on. The other thing that you did in the Twip School was you produced a course called um, Aurora, Aurora HDR 2017, right? Yes, demystified. Yeah, demystified. It's the, the official title. Yes. Yeah, demystified. Yeah, the product name is Aurora HDR 2017. Ours is demystified. So you got your hands on Aurora from Mac Fun, and you did an exhaustive, no button left unclicked. Yes. training walkthrough of the entire thing no manual required for lazy people basically feature by feature uh with an emphasis i would say on, on producing realistic images which is always gonna uh, it's been my battle and my struggle with hdr software uh yeah. I, I like what you can do with like a blending exposures but but you know, I'm guilty myself when I start in the beginning to just go over the top a little bit. And now I'm trying to pull it back and see how I can produce realistic looking images uh, with whatever it's available. And I think Aurora is probably the, the best tool nowadays. Love it. Uh, Love it. Cool. Yeah. So that's in the, that's in the school now. And uh, what is it? It's We have it priced at 147 which is a good price. So we're going to knock it down. Yeah. To what? So what you mentioned, we're going to do a special for we're this. We're going to do ninety nine, I believe. Let me wow. see. Yes, okay. I think ninety nine. So fifty yes. bucks off. Okay. Yes. So ninety nine, and we'll use the code Wanderlust. Uh, you picked a code Wanderlust. Yeah. Yes. So ninety nine dollars to get the one hundred and forty seven dollar Aurora HDR twenty seventeen demystified course um, for ninety nine bucks. Use the code Wanderlust and. You know, we'll figure out how long we're going to make that. That's kind of a crazy price. So we'll kind of we'll figure out how long we're going to let that stay open. Um, but for now, we, we haven't put an end on it. But 99 bucks, use that code and you can get that one. And I think what we should also do, Fede, let's drop the course of Digital Video Alchemy as well. Yes. So Digital Video Alchemy, 99 bucks. Can as it be well. the same code for both? Same code. Same okay. code. Yep. Perfect. Yep. Same code. There we go. Cool. All right, let's dive into the show, man. There's a, there's some cool stuff to talk about. For, and again, welcome to This Week in Photo. I wanted to get all that housekeeping out of the way because it feel, feels like you've been like doing all this stuff behind closed doors and privately, and now you're exposed to the TWIP audience. So It's official. <laughs> it's official. Put a ring on it, right? <laughs> when soccer like, team buys a, buy a player for next season, they cannot announce it. In Europe, it's a big deal, you know, and there's like paparazzi trying to figure out what's going to happen next season. <laughs> and they yeah. go under the house of the player and the players like pretending that nothing is happening and then next season he shows up with the wrong jersey and people go crazy <laughs> that's cool though yeah it's like building up anticipation yeah. yeah it's like a product launch in apple 
All right. Well, speaking of products, story number one is about Microsoft. So Microsoft uh, has a new Surface Studio PC that some are calling the creative dream. And people are saying that a, they, or Petapixel at least, is saying that uh, it's taking direct aim at the iMac, which is what I'm recording this show on right now. And I think this, this, this computer, the Surface Studio PC, represents the first desktop computer that Microsoft has ever produced. So yeah. they, I know they've, you know, there's been millions of clones and you know other manufacturers, HP, etc. But this one comes from Microsoft, and it's got the DNA of their Surface line, which was, you know, a lot of people swear by. You know, yeah. I've never owned one, but the people that I know that have one say, you know, they're very quick to to compare it to anything Apple makes. You know, on the Surface Pro in particular, the iPad Pro, which quote only runs iOS, the Surface Pro runs the full Microsoft Windows operating system and all that that can do, which is pretty much everything. Um, the Surface Studio PC shares the same DNA. It's got um, so the, let me let me read this little blurb here. So the iMac with its 27-inch high-res screen and minimal design has been a favorite of many creatives, if not for the studio or if not for their studio, then it's been a home computer. Microsoft's innovative, beautiful Surface Studio wants to change all that. It wants to kill the iMac. Fede, is the Surface Pro the death knell for the iMac? So well, first we'll have to wait and see. Uh, I, I have to, uh, full disclosure, I'm kind of like a, a little bit of an Apple fanboy. Uh, I grew up on Windows, and then uh, when I made my Switch, um, it was really hard to go back. I, I worked in IT for many years, and I still do. And, and I have things with Windows. Like when Windows works properly, so a freshly installed version of Windows with minimal antivirus runs very well. Yeah. But over over the years, there's like crud being accumulated on a Windows system that invariably makes the system become a little slower. I know the Windows people will hate me for that, but that, that tends to be my experience. So if you're willing to, you know, reinstall everything from time to time, then you can have a, an amazing experience. Also, the Adobe stuff looks and feels exactly the same, both on, on, uh, on Mac and PC. So there's no big difference. Um, I, I, I'm not sure. What I think in this case, it's, it's a really expensive computer for what it is. If you look What's at the price, uh, uh, I think it's the base model, uh, $3,000. Mm, uh, for uh, Intel I, uh, Core i5, which is not uh, the fastest, the i7 is actually the fastest processor, 8 gigs of RAM and a 2 gigabyte uh, graphic processor unit, the GPU. Yeah. Um, I, I, I think to kill the iMac, you would have to win Apple users, and I don't know how many hardcore Apple users will switch to Windows like that. Uh, if you're not used to Windows, th- there's a, there are a few things that um, that are, are complicated for Apple users. Uh, the, the fact that Windows was built uh, many years ago and, and each new iteration of Windows is basically a bunch of new layers on top of an old operating system. So it's like having a car that has like 7 million uh, parts yeah. instead of just 100,000. So the possibility mm-hmm. of uh, something going wrong, you need to be a little more of a geek, I think, to run Windows uh, successfully. But isn't that the case? You know, see, that's the thing. I'm... I used to full disclosure. I used to work at Apple, and mm-hmm. I've like Apple products are, let's say, inextricably interwoven with my daily life. So yeah. even if I decided I wanted to switch to Windows because you know they had a better product, 
it would be a very expensive and time-consuming switch considering all my Macs and phones and Apple TV and, you know, all this stuff is all, all works together and Apple keeps coming up with new stuff that make me want to stay in the ecosystem, you know, including not just the hardware, but there's also Apple Music, right? Um, yeah. All these different things, even the podcast app. You know, there are many other podcast apps out there. I'm using the Apple app on my devices because it syncs down to my my playlists are also on my Apple TV, which is connected to my stereo system and all the rooms. So I can all my playlists are the same for music and podcasts, etc. They're the same no matter what device I pick up. So the switching costs would be hard. So that said, I. You know, I've been kind of an outspoken critic of some of the things that Apple does. I'm I would consider I consider myself a consumer. I wouldn't put myself in the fanboy category. I love the tools, but I love what I'm doing and what they let me do more than I love the tool itself. Yeah. Right? I mean, I like getting to a destination more than I like driving to the destination. <laughs> so, so when I when I look at look at this Microsoft Surface through that lens, it makes me think of what I want on my existing computers. Now this thing, you know, I'm looking at the photos here. I'm showing this, the photos on the screen for those that are watching the uh, the video, but it's a touch screen, obviously. It comes with a pen. You can lay it down. It's got a really smartly designed architecture where it can you can lay the tablet down almost at a 30-degree angle, it looks, at, looks like, and write on it like one of those giant Wacom tablets uh, yeah. or bring it up upright. Like a Cintiq. Look, you know, kind of like a Cintiq, yeah, you bring yeah. it up upright, it'll be more like a Mac. Apple, one of the stories we're going to talk about is going to be this whole the new MacBook Pro with the touch bar, which I like, but I don't know, you know, I don't know if I, on my computers, do I want a touchscreen or do I not? Part Half of me says you should be able to touch the things that you're looking at. Right. Even if you don't do it all the time, I should like the window I'm looking at you in right now. I should be able to just reach up and drag that to the left instead of looking for my mouse and then finding the cursor and then clicking on the menu bar and then dragging it over to where I want to go. How come I can't just reach up and touch and move that over? Even if I don't do it all the time, I should be able to do that. So I think think, on on this particular surface, it it looks like the touch, it's easier because you can lay this thing flat on a regular laptop. I think having the screen that yeah. it's vertical. I think touch would be great to point at things, but, but doing selection or pre- precision selection or things like that, it's something I struggle with on my iPad still. When yeah. I, whenever I have to select text, I want to kill myself. And mm-hmm. it's the reason why sometimes I revert back to a laptop. Uh, aside from the typing, I type very slowly. I'm really bad at typing. But, but select, <laughs> selecting text is never, is never fun on, on touch devices. Um, yeah, I think yeah. you know if you do photo retouching, um, at a certain level, uh, then then having a system with pen uh, can be very interesting. My only critique is like because of the price, all my Windows bodies basically they are the kind of people that love to build custom system, mm-hmm. and then with with less money than a Mac, they can build these crazy, uh, you know, three D machines that do After Effects uh, ten times faster than a Mac. It's it's that kind of crowd. So this one looks more like uh, a little underpowered for the money that you're going to spend. It doesn't look very upgradable, which is something that I think is great on Windows system. You can really open your desktop machine and change everything inside. And that's the thing yeah. that I kind of regret. It's not about. for that audience, though, right? There's, there's, there, there's never going to be one device yeah. to rule them all. And if you need that kind of, you're that tinkerer that you want to get in there and you're a gamer and you want to overclock this thing and put water cooling and all that stuff yeah. in there, this is probably not the device for you. But 
like they like Petapixel said, this is taking straight aim at the iMac and looking at this thing. It looks beautiful. Beautiful. Like, yes. Yeah, it looks beautiful. I just want that Apple logo on the back of it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they've got this thing called the the puck, the touch puck, which is very cool. You, you see that? You can put it on the screen and and it gives you controls with the pin. It's it's really it looks really smartly made, almost scarily so. Like this kind of stuff. Fede, looking at this video, these are the kind of things that we used to see out of keynotes at Apple all the time, right? Yes. Like, like Steve would get on stage and say, hey, here's the new iMac, and suddenly the one that's sitting on your desk looks like a dinosaur because you absolutely have to have this one. Microsoft has done something very similar to that with this, yes. with the one caveat that it runs Windows, right? So I want this thing, I want it running Mac OS. It would be, it would be great. And it would need to be more powerful than the, the iMac that I have now, which is a beast. But this thing, it looks beautiful. It looks like you could put it in your living room and it would be right at home, right? It looks perfect. Uh, the thing is, like, the, the question mark is, it's, it's Windows for Mac people? Or, 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 I mean, for Windows user, I don't see why not. I mean, it, yeah. if you already... Well, if you can afford to, it. If you can afford it, because there's that, too. It's a really expensive system for what it is. Yeah. Um, but what about, the, what about the other thing I want to talk about for this story before we leave it is it used to be back in the day that... Uh, you know, the, you have, if you were to switch operating systems, you would have to make compromises in terms of software availability. It's, yeah. still, that, it's still that way on iOS versus Android because, you know, the different ecosystems and yeah. quality control, all that stuff. But even that's going away. You know, the, the apps are gaining parity on iOS and Android. On the desktop, these, these laptop and desktop computers, it, it used to be that, oh, well, if I want to do Office-type stuff, I have to be on a Windows machine because it runs Office the best and yada, yada, yada. Most of the stuff, I can't remember, honestly, the last time I launched any Microsoft Office applications. And for that matter... I do it any, every day <laughs> before yeah, work. <laughs> right, yeah. Or for that matter, I, I can't remember when I've launched pages or numbers or anything like that either because yeah. most of the work that I do, for better or for worse, I know the privacy people are going to come out with pitchforks, but most of the work that I do, managing TWIP and proposals and all that stuff is done in Google Docs. Yes. I use, in fact, right now, our show notes are in a Google Docs spreadsheet. You yeah. know, so we're, we have all this stuff here. And, and another reason, a main reason for it is like what I was talking about before. It allows me to work wherever I am. The computer no longer, no longer really matters. I can be sitting at this computer on my iMac at the desk, or I can go grab my MacBook Pro and sit in front of the TV and bring up the exact same thing that I was working on. It yeah. becomes a portal, which I think was the holy grail back in the day. So looking at things through that lens... Switching to a different computer is the switching costs are less, but yes. there's still switching costs. Yeah. Also, <laughs> if you run Adobe software as a photographer, you know, like your Lightroom subscription is going to work on Windows, your Photoshop subscription is going to work on Windows. Like the whole Adobe ecosystem is going to work both ways. So you could even have a Mac and a Windows machine uh, and share your resources among the two. I guess it gets a little tricky, like if you have to do a little home network, like a few things. Uh, sometimes having Mac and PCs talking to each other on the same network is not that easy. There's a, a few geeky things that you kind of have to uh, to face if you yeah. want to give a shot to, to this kind of stuff. Well, I wonder, one, a related story that we put in the notes here is that Microsoft is offering to pay you to trade in your MacBook for a Ooh, Surface Book. Never. <laughs> right? I mean, well, that's it's, it's weird because... I. <laughs> I'm bittersweet on this. There's two sides of this coin. On the one side is 
geez, the company actually has to fork over money to get people to use its product, <laughs> you know? But on the other side of it, it's like, wow, these guys, they're, they're burning the ships here, right? They're, they're going after Apple yeah. and Apple, you know, Apple, both of these are gigantic companies with more revenue than we could ever imagine, right? But clearly they're going after Microsoft at least is going after Apple again, right? So back in the day, it was that whole Mac versus Windows. I'm a Mac, you're a PC. Remember the ad campaign and against Windows the white won background? Windows big time at one point, you know, long yeah. time ago. Apple became like a tiny company. And then because of the phone and then the touch stuff, yep. they now they're I like, remember that keynote. You remember that keynote when Steve Jobs stood on stage and Bill Gates was on the big screen behind him? And, you know, it was the same time they had announced, a, what was it, a $100 million loan? Yes. That Microsoft yeah. gave Apple to keep them alive? Yeah. And now, and now, look at this. It is. This goes to show, you know. Keep trying, you know. Yeah. If if it looks like you're gonna fail, just keep trying, and the tide the tides may turn. I don't know. This is crazy stuff. All right, all right, Fetty. Let's take a quick break. When we come back, we're gonna talk about some more stuff regarding computers. Apple had an, an announcement where they announced a brand new feature on one of their computers. This episode is brought to you by FreshBooks. So you're racing against the clock. To wrap up three projects, you're prepping for a photo shoot later in the afternoon, all while trying to tackle a mountain of paperwork. Welcome to life as a freelance photographer. Challenging? Yes, but our friends at FreshBooks believe the rewards are so worth it. With freelancers and small business owners in mind, FreshBooks has announced the launch of an all-new version of their cloud accounting software. It's been redesigned from the ground up and custom-built for our needs, photographers. FreshBooks has created a super-intuitive tool that makes it easy to create and send professional-looking invoices in less than 30 seconds. You can easily customize your invoice with your logo, color scheme, or any image that reflects your brand. You'll be able to see what invoices have been sent, viewed, and paid, as well as overdue and outstanding invoice totals. You can even chat with your client regarding an invoice once they receive it. The modern and simplified dashboard works as the hub of your business, answering the most important question... How is my business doing? You'll have quick access to outstanding balances, spending, total profit, and accounting reports like tax summary and profit and loss. Tracking expenses is as easy as taking a photo of your receipt and using the FreshBooks iOS app. You can track expenses by vendor and by category. And time tracking makes it easier to bill for time by client and by specific projects. You can easily start your timer and track your time to the minute. And when it comes time to create an invoice, you'll know what you did and when you did it. So get ready for the simplest way to be more productive and organized, and most importantly, get paid quickly. FreshBooks is offering a 30-day unrestricted free trial to the TWIP audience. To claim it, just go to freshbooks.com TWIP and enter TWIP in the How Did You Hear About Us section. Start your 30-day free trial today. And we thank FreshBooks for supporting this episode of This Week in Photo. All right, we are back. Story number two in today's rundown is about Apple again. So MacBook Pro got a refresh, and they instantly made my MacBook Pro look like a dinosaur. Again, thank you, <laughs> Apple. <laughs> Yes and no, they did. Everything's yes double-edged no. today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes and no, they did. So they announced the MacBook Pro. It's got a new feature called the Touch Bar. Uh, and it looked like it looks like a MacBook and a MacBook Air 
had an illicit affair and then this thing popped out you know this and, is and there's a tiny piece of a, an ipad which is like the actual touch bar that's what, how i see yeah, it like a that's what the touch bar is yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's like, exactly what it is in fact yeah. if you read you know you read through some of the reviews of it that little touch bar so for the folks that haven't seen it the touch bar let me if i'll bring up the screen while i'm talking so the touch bar is a Basically, they've taken away the function keys at the top of the Mac, of the Mac keyboard, and replaced it with a long strip of Retina display configurable hardware, right? Yeah. And they call it the touch bar. And what this thing allows you to do, here it is, I'll bring it up on the screen now. It basically morphs so, depending on which application you're using. Yeah, it's, it it's, context, it's context sensitive. So it will yeah. change... It will change depending on what app you're using, which I think is brilliant. You know, it's great. Let's see if I can get rid of this audio. Here you go. Uh oh. Oh, they're showing an ad. This is TechCrunch. TechCrunch. Um, <laughs> Pixel yeah. Mobile. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Google Pixel just got a free ad on Twip. Um, but but with the uh, with the with the Pro or with the uh, the Touch Bar on there, it's con- context sensual. So if context sensitive. So if you're doing um, video editing, it will change to be controls for video editing. If you're doing photo editing, you know, you get your different sliders. Um, I'm excited. I'm excited at the possibilities of what it can do because, you know, say you're doing like a live stream from your computer, which I'm preparing to do on the touch bar. You could theoretically have the different shots that you want to switch to and just hit a quick button, you know, much like a hotkey and have it switch to that. So that's cool. They instantly made it, uh, like I said, they made mine look outdated because I have a MacBook Pro 13 that I just got a couple of years ago or yeah. less. Yeah, about a couple of years ago. And it's still great. I use it for everything. But now I kind of want this one. But then looking deeper, I don't want this one because they did the whole port removal tap dance <laughs> on this one that they did with the Airs, you know, where they have basically it's too minimal now. There's, there's just... Like what? Three, two or three ports. They've got a headphone jack on there. I think headphone four microphone ports. Jack. It's kind of symmetrical. There are four. Uh, four uh, USB, USB three USB ports, C which are also Thunderbolt, or are also Thunderbolt, but it's a USB C type uh, um, connection, basically. So they look exactly the same. And you, if you have the right cable, that's the disclaimer. You can plug in whatever you want. You can plug in yeah. screens. But you I, can don't plug wanna, in, like, I don't want to. I don't want to do that though. Uh, you know what? I don't. <clears throat> I don't want to do that. <laughs> I, don't, I mean, I maybe I will eventually, but I so kind of like having an SD that, reader. Apple probably thinks that you don't know that you don't want that you don't want to do that yet, but you really yeah. want to do that. <laughs> yeah, it's like you when just, they remove, you know, my 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 iPhone uh, audio jack. Yeah, that's like, okay. do you miss that? Do you miss the audio jack on your seven? <laughs> yeah, kind of, because having the little white dongle every time to plug it in, and sometimes it doesn't work as I expected. The buttons on my headphones stop working. I have to unplug it, plug it back. Let's uh, just get new headphones. Don't they have? Don't they have Thunderbolt or uh, Lightning headphones? I don't want to have to charge my headphones. I want no, my not headphones. the wireless ones. They don't have wired, wired um, lightning headphones yeah, that you can just plug USB-C, in. USB C, but I use uh, special headphones that I love. Uh, oh, right. Etymotic. You know, they're kind of like uh, they go in here. They cancel noise. Yeah. yeah. I live in New yeah. York. It's very noisy here, so yeah. I like to yeah, go in the subway, not hear crazy people screaming around. <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense. That makes sense. Ah, yeah, uh, I don't know. But the, the, the MacBook, like I said, it looks beautiful. It's, I mean, you can guess what they did. It's, it's, it's thinner, it's lighter, it's faster than the previous one. Yeah, it's a little um, faster. It's, it's a little faster. if you use Apple stuff. There's also this thing, like, I use my MacBook Pro to edit video a lot. 
And mm -hmm. on my MacBook Air, I couldn't really do it. My iMac is very old. So my MacBook Pro is really good at editing video, but it's so much better at editing video using Final Cut instead of uh, Premiere, for instance. Really? I, I subscribe to the whole bundle but, uh, of, of Adobe, but my Final Cut is so much faster, especially with 4K, uh, 4K clips. I load them and I can start editing and if I can do color correction and, and it still runs. On Premiere, it was kind of choking, basically. So interesting because I, I, I have both. I have both. I've been using Premiere for the most part, but lately, thanks to Joseph Lenaski, host of Twip Apps, he's been you know he, he both he and I worked at Apple around the same time. We had some overlap yeah. there, and that's where I met Joseph. But he uh, he uh, he's been raving about Final Cut and telling me you know and he just updated it. There's a new version now, yeah. and he's saying yeah the new version by the now. way. They called it just 10.3. It should have been like a, a new version of Final Cut. There's a lot of new stuff that is really, really? interesting. Yeah. We should do a show on that. We got to talk yeah. about that. So, yeah, and that's, you know, I loaded it up and I, I cut a quick video in it and I know how to use it. And I just, I don't know. I don't know. There's too many choices. Like, where's communism when you need it? You know? Yeah. <laughs> you need to kind there's of pick too many one stick with it. Yeah. <laughs> Digital communism. Uh, but yeah, so anyway, Apple uh, MacBook Pro with the Touch Bar, that's cool. So definitely go check it out. It's a beautiful machine. The one, one thing I wanted to touch on with the Touch Bar is that it is, it's actually running a flavor of Watch OS. Oh, okay. So it's, an, it's actually, it's a, it's a mini, they, uh, Craig Federighi described it, who's a, you know, the main, one of the main guys at Apple. He described it as a computer within a computer. So it's essentially an iOS device that's been grafted onto your your MacBook Pro that allows you to do all these cool things, which is kind of cool when you think about it, because it's a Retina display, uh, just a strip of iOS device grafted onto your keyboard to allow you to do some cool things. So when I read that, I was like, that's really cool. And then I started thinking, well, how come I can't just plug in one of my other iOS devices and have that kind of control that kind of contextual control on, you know, a separate device. There right? are applications that allow you to do that in the music world. So if you're like a, a music producer or a composer, you can use your Mac laptop as your main uh, sequencing machine and you can have a companion iPad or, or iPad Pro, whatever, where you have additional controls to control maybe uh, some music plugins or, you know, the transport of the timeline and things like that. And with your other hand you can basically use another device uh nice. it's very geeky uh some of the stuff is actually made by apple i think for the yeah. they have an application called logic and they have a logic remote companion for ipad that works yeah. really well yeah. um, i think that's what I, I there's probably an app out there you're right there's like yeah. for the software that i'm going to be using to do wire to do live streaming it's called wirecast i talked about it in the last episode it's called wirecast and what I was, what I would love to be able to do is when you configure a show, I would love to be able to have an iPad sitting in front of me or off to the right or something with just a grid of different shots with lower thirds or, yeah. you know, here's a commercial that you want to run or any, you know, stuff like that, that I can just quickly glance over and hit the button and have it do the right thing. Even sound effects, you know, just to be able to trigger things really quickly and do it there um, from an iPad while I'm sitting at my desktop. And then I want to replicate that experience with my MacBook Pro and my phone when I'm away from this computer and do yeah. exactly the same thing. I think that would, that'd be really cool. But that's, you know, I'll put that in a feature request and send it over. Although the, the nimble traveler in me, like, everything that I do at home needs to work when I'm on the road. And I don't want to get used to, like, 
you know, depend on, let's say I really love this thing, okay, and it's like, oh, I cannot travel without this because, you know, I, I'm not used to regular mouse or whatever. I don't want to have to carry too many accessories. So yeah. I, I, I train yeah. myself to get used to, like, stock things and... I don't want to have to carry too much stuff. I'm kind of lazy about well, that's, that. Well, speaking of that, that's a good segue. Thank you for that. So <laughs> speaking of not carrying too much stuff, uh, story number three is about Sweden banning drones in public places. And it's a perfect segue because you are now a brand new dr- drone owner. Yes. And you own this. You own the DJI Mavic, and according to you, you were telling me that it. I mean, it's the first drone you've ever owned, but it's yes. also the best drone, right? So, for me, so yeah. let's talk about let's talk about this story. So, essentially, the title says it all. Sweden has yeah. banned drones in public places yeah. uh, for for various reasons. What do you think about that? Is that the is that the right thing to do? And is Sweden leading the way for the, a, a global ban on these little UAVs? I lived in Denmark for six months back in the days. And, and Sweden, Denmark, all those Scandinavian countries are kind of similar. And, and like the social system is very strong there. So I can see uh, an appraise of people, uh, people appraising saying, oh, you know, it's violating our privacy. And all of a sudden the government just saying, okay, okay, we, you know, we, we'll, we'll make you all happy and, and we'll ban drones everywhere. I, I yeah. think it's more something like that. I really don't see why they should do it. They're very open-minded countries usually. But uh, I guess like uh, privacy is very respected there. Uh, yeah, also- but I'm like I'm trying to think of what kind of privacy could be free- infringed on. I remember in the early days of drones, people were worried about peeping toms, and yeah. someone's going to get a drone and hover it outside of my window and watch me sleeping or something like that. When, when in reality. If if there's a swarm of bees outside of your window, you'd probably go look, you know, or close the window. Yeah. Plus, the battery life, you know, on the new ones it's longer, but back then it was only like fifteen to twenty minutes anyway. So, so I could see that, and then I've seen videos on YouTube. They don't mention in the with, articles any precedent. I, I looked around. That no, it's not something that triggered this. It's like all of a sudden they decided, okay, you can still get a license, and with the license you can fly your drone wherever you want. So I don't think it's forbidden. Period. Did they did to, they mention what the punitive what the what the uh, what the punishment would be if you got caught doing this? Because we did a story last week, week before last about about uh, someone illegally flying a drone in Cuba and being incarcerated for it in <laughs> in Havana. That's so, most likely it's not going to happen in Sweden. But. Yeah, they'll be very polite about it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're like yeah, you, when they let you out, they're like, we've cleaned your drone; it's ready to go. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. But so speaking of that, you got the Mavic. You got yes. the DJI Mavic. I've got one, but I'm I'm part of that. I've ordered one, let's say that. I'm part of the legions of hundreds of thousands of people that ordered one, but aren't getting them for whatever inexplicable reason. You got yours for some reason. How do you like it? Do you love it? You hate it? What's good? So, What's so the bad? So far, so good. I mean, I, I, I remember uh, flying uh, your Phantom 3 in Mexico a little bit. That was my first, you know. And I went crazy. I was like, "Oh my god, this thing is incredible!" The, the foot, uh, the, the the footage that you shot from above of places that I knew very well, all of a sudden seeing everything from above, I went crazy. I was like, "Oh my god, this is amazing!" Uh, yeah. Both uh, for photography, even though the camera for photography is not the, the best, but yeah. the, the video part and how stable the video is, it's it's incredible. Uh, we were able to get to places thanks to your drone that we could not have gotten <laughs> right? in different ways. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I was almost convinced, but then I was thinking, oh, because I remember your your backpack. I was like, oh, like I cannot 
have something like that on my back. <laughs> yeah, when I well, travel, let me get it. I got to show you. <laughs> through Mexico and like in the jungle. <laughs> so that was a big deal for me. It's not yeah, humongous, you know, but this is like, you know. <laughs> so if you're watching this, I got to show you. If you're If you're watching this. And we laugh at it now because now we've seen the Mavic, but this was this was state of the art just a couple months ago. Yeah, and so this is the back. It's a beautiful this, bag, by the way. It's but. beautiful. This is I love this thing. This is yeah. this is what I've traveled all over the place with, all over yeah. the world with. Uh, it's a think it's a think tank airport helipack is what it's called. Yeah. And this is what I have to carry my Phantom in, right? And cameras so, too, because you can fit your mirrorless camera in there. Oh yeah, I can fit. IPod, a, every, yeah. Everything I need can fit in here. And right now, I don't know if you can see that. See what's in there? So yeah. there's the there's the Phantom down here, and you laugh at it now because you're the no. you're this, <laughs> this felt Mavic owner. Um, but here's the Phantom down here, and then here's the controller and three batteries, and then I have a charger that if I'm traveling somewhere goes in here. There's blades in the top in the top section right there. Yeah. Extra extra blades. There's an iPad Mini in this thing, and assorted cables and you know, shades and all that stuff. So, so this, it's interesting but how see, this si- changes. Si- size-wise, I can fit, you know, a drone, two mirrorless cameras, four lenses, the remote for the drone, an iPad, mini iPad, but even a full-size iPad, all in here. And basically the top compartment, is, it's just the, the Mavic drone. And, and that and, top and compartment is, is detachable, right? Yes. In this particular bag, it's detachable, but if you can see you can't even see it. It's kind of, and there's still an empty pocket, basically. Yeah. This thing. So you can see like a little bit of the Mavic. Yeah, there, there it is. Remote. I see that little alien yeah. in there. Yeah. And there's still like a room here where I could fit like my Sony A6000, for instance, with a pancake lamp. It's, you it's, could you could literally fit that bag inside this bag. Yeah. <laughs> and still have a lot of room to spare. So yeah. So I think. For me, it, it changes the dynamic of when you can bring a drone with you. Yeah. So with this con- with this kit, which is an awesome kit, you can make movies, and which we've done. Yeah, yeah. We've done amazing, amazing stuff with amazing this kit. Footage, yeah. yeah, you can do amazing stuff with that. But it's a, it's you have to be cognizant of what you're going to do before you hit the road. Yeah. You know, it's like, oh, am I going to shoot? Okay, yeah. Do I have my drone? The battery's charged. All that stuff. Got to bring the drone bag. And then if you're traveling. It changes that dynamic as well because you don't want to check this, so you have to yeah. carry it on, so it counts as one of your carry-ons, yeah. and you know, it just changes everything. It changes how you pack. It changes what you you know, when you shoot, how you shoot, all that. With the Mavic, it's tiny, right? So the, the controller it's, could literally go in your pocket. The the I'm aircraft afraid. itself goes in a slot inside of your existing camera bag, <laughs> and you can rock and roll, right? Yeah. Oh, I forgot. In that bag, I can also fit my Osmo Mobile. So on top of the oh. two mirrorless cameras, the four lenses, the but there's also like a, on the side, on the right side, I can stick my Osmo Mobile, in, which yeah. works with the phone. So you know, yeah, like yeah. We were talking devices. about before. Uh, I think we were talking about while you were still waiting on your Mavic to show up. One of the one of the features of that thing is that it has a four mile range. Yes. So. Uh, what is that? Seven kilometers? I don't know. Four, so four miles. Yeah, it's, it's about seven, seven and a half. Yeah. Yeah. So that thing can, which is very far, right? That's that's very far, especially when you consider it something that fits in the palm of your hand. So I had a couple questions. So I questioned I questioned DJI on that feature. Now, granted, 
the FAA is only has jurisdiction in the United States, but within the United States, the FAA says the rule is it has to be line of sight. You have yes. to be able to see the aircraft that you're flying in order to be in compliance with FAA rules. I can't see four miles. I don't know if I can see a mile, you know, and, and if newbie, it's something like, I, you know, I just spend money on this thing. I, I have sweaty palms every time this thing takes off. I could yeah. never like lose sight. I would be like, oh, my God. But I can see how like every day you get used to go a little further, push yeah. it a little. F- and then maybe you start doing. Yeah. So I wonder, I wonder, I wonder at that. And then, the, <laughs> then I started thinking, you know, when they did the uh, when they did the announcement, they also announced I don't know if they're shipping yet, but they announced those those VR goggles that you can wear and fly and basically be in the Mavic flying around. Now that kind of changes the dynamic a little bit. Flying around, just looking through the camera remotely kind of feels kind of, you know, like why? Why would you want to fly four miles away? Yeah, but if you're immersed in it and you feel like you're in the cockpit flying that thing around and racing and, you know, then I could see where the four four mile thing might come into play because you might say, well, hey, I want to go fly in the Grand Canyon. You know, and now you could go fly your range is four miles around the desert that is the Grand Canyon with a friend. You could both fly together. So I see that. But yeah, like I'm like you in normal, even with my Phantom, I've I've flown the Phantom a lot. I got a lot of hours in the air. Mexico, you you flew like far. I remember a couple of times. I was like, yes, we were like, yeah, "Uh." (laughs) yeah, yeah. Um, But yeah, I mean, but even now, I'm I'm still nervous though. Like yeah. every time I put that thing in the air, even if I'm just flying in the park across the street from my house, I'm not nervous, nervous because I have confidence. But I still, I still have that feeling of, am I, am I breaking any laws? You know, yeah. Uh, yeah, if I lose it, you know, is it going to go down and crash into somebody's stroller? You know, or in, and then, in the water, <laughs> or in the water and lose yeah. it. You know, there's always that you're in your gut you always get butterflies when you fly did drones. you get the insurance i forgot to to do it and you have 48 hours after purchasing it if you try to activate your insurance after 48 hours you cannot do it because Man, they say after i I, I've, I work without a net here i don't need any insurance. <laughs> you're an experienced pilot <laughs> yeah, what's, what's 1200 dollars? <laughs> yeah right <laughs> Actually, the portion, the thing that you would lose is only 700 and something, right? Because you would have your controller and the extra battery. Right. So what would go down is actually replaceable with 750 bucks, I think. So. Oh, is that all? It's just, it's, you know, just enough feet, enough, enough no, money to like, you it's know. It's better than 1200 though. It's better than uh, 750 than 1200 uh, But insurance know, is pretty good. Uh, you can get two replacements. The first one costs $99. The second, $129. Mm. Uh, as long as... You don't bring back a wet system. So if it falls in the water, bye-bye. If you lose it, bye-bye. But anything else, they just send you a new one. So if if someone, like, you fly it and land it in traffic and someone rolls over it with their truck, you could go scrape up the pieces and send it back. Yes, you just give it back and say, hey, this happened, you know, give me one. Uh, and they yeah. give you up to two, and then after the second one, that's, that's it. not bad. That's not bad. I'll be careful with this one. Yeah, be careful. <laughs> this is you're you're a brand new drone owner. You have to be. And it's been yeah, so be... windy in New York every day. The windiest I experienced since. In the great, I mean, in, it was windy in Mexico. In the great, how these things they they fight the wind to yes. keep their positioning. Yeah. <sighs> so okay, speaking of fighting, Fede, uh, GoPro. <laughs> Oh, GoPro, GoPro with this is like 
this year has been like you can't write this stuff. Like these are like basically reality is writing scripts for different sitcoms and movies and all this from our political races all the way down to technology. Yeah. <laughs> Everything is is just like crazy. In the case of GoPro and DJI, so GoPro launched their Karma drone, which I which almost was bought. revolutionary. Full disclosure. Well, yeah, I we both bought, almost like... bought that thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but they launched that thing, and it was like, oh, this is great. And you can land it and take the camera off and carry it around like an Osmo. This is perfect. Oh, my God. You know, they basically out DJI DJI come to learn that a week, what was it, a week later? A little more than a week a later? A week later. A week later. DJI releases the Mavic, which basically said, oh, really? <laughs> Look at, oh, you can do that, but we can do everything that we did before, which was better than what your new thing does. Way better. Because like, I, didn't, I didn't know much about drones, but yeah. feature by feature, like, the kind of control that you get on a DJI machine compared to like, the Karma is like, it's like three generations ahead. And I heard, yeah. I can't remember where, that DJI helped um, GoPro making the Mavic, uh, making the, the Karma. So basically, they knew that uh, GoPro was going to come out with a foldable drone. And then they were like, <laughs> so let's do it, but like really better. Because the Karma oh, folds, man. but it's really heavy. And then even folded, it's still pretty big, you know? Yeah, uh, and it comes with a backpack. I, we'll link to the, uh, that, that uh, review that I sent you. <laughs> this is a really oh, yeah. cool guy. Did a really a comparative review of the DJI Mavic versus the GoPro Karma. Yeah. And let's just, you know, it's you have to watch it. Yeah. It's very brutal. It's honest. It's an honest review. It's yeah, very it well done. Yeah. Uh, and he basically goes point by point on how Mavic basically destroys the karma in, in so yeah. many, so many different ways. Yeah. So, yeah, it, it's, I'm glad really it's, it's, good to, to it's good to be late to the party. Yeah. But I won't go pro to stay in business. I really like, you know, their, their tiny adventure cameras and, yeah. you know. <laughs> Yeah. They good. They do good stuff, but the drone. Yeah, I don't a, know. Yeah, they do good stuff. I don't know. They it may feels have to like concede. a beta. It feels like a beta. They may have release. to concede. Yeah, I think they may have to concede at least this round yeah. to DJI. You know, maybe they'll look at what what DJI did with the Mavic, and then look at the Karma and make Karma Two, which does everything Mavic does and more. And you know, maybe we'll see that. But right now, if you're if if you're a person that's considering getting a drone, a, a new drone, yeah. I would. Without hesitation, say get the Mavic. Yep. You know the Mavic is is without a doubt the right thing for you. Depending on what you want to do, if you're a filmmaker, yeah, you're going to get an octocopter or something like that. Yeah. But if you're a new person like you and I, or just a a, a civilian, then the Mavic is perfect, right? Um, I'm excited to get mine. Hopefully, you won't crash yours or lose it before <laughs> I get mine, man. <laughs> so. Oh man! Because it's so, so final. Um, when you crash, it's kind of like okay. It's like it can be like that's it. <laughs> it's not like I had many motorcycle accidents when I was a kid. You know, it's, it's but you kind of like you know <laughs> you get patched up and you this thing flies. So when it goes down, yeah. it's like okay, could, yeah. that could be it. Well, that's that's kind of the reason when I bought my when I bought the Phantom Three, my mindset was I'm gonna lose this thing. I'm gonna crash it. <laughs> I'm going to destroy it. It's otherwise not coming. It's not going to be resold, you know, but I was very careful and I still am very careful when I yeah. fly and I baby all my tech. So it's, it's basically brand new. It's just yeah. like brand new. We did, we, uh, we, we crashed it into a Mayan <laughs> pyramid or something once. <laughs> by accident. A little bit of a, of a rocky. <laughs> 
Yeah. I, you know, there's, there's some weirdness for all you people that are traveling to the Yucatan Peninsula and you plan on flying your drone around Mayan ruins. Beware because there's some sort of force that interferes with your flight. I don't know what it was, but you remember, right? Fede? Like I remember uh, two instances. Also, we went to that in Tulum, we went to the beach and we could fly everywhere. And then there's that, uh, hotel which belongs to some very spiritual friend of ours and, and yeah. you know it's all about stuff that I, I, I'm not into very much uh, yeah. and, and there we could not acquire any GPS like right outside that hotel which is by the way out in the open it's on a beach on there the were beach. like 17 satellites 12 and then you would get on their property zero <laughs> you could not fly the drone <laughs> outside with clear line of sky to a yes. blue sky yeah. With clouds, you get on that property and eh, nothing. No was, satellites, nothing. That little kid was very disappointed, you remember? He stayed yeah. and waited for takeoff and we said, ah, we can I was going to let him fly it too. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, even I, I'm not good enough right now to fly without GPS assistance. No, so I don't no, even, no, I don't even try that yet. Yeah. Some people do. Like my neighbor, Matt, next door to me, he could do that. He's actually a real helicopter pilot. So okay. <laughs> he's, he's got more skill than I do. And he's, he's partly responsible for me getting into this drone stuff, seeing him flying outside in front of my house all the time. Uh, yeah, this is cool stuff. What a good show, man. All right, let's skip down to – actually, let's take a quick break. Uh, but when we come back, I want to do our picks of the week segment. And I have a feeling you may have already uh, <laughs> used your pick. <laughs> so, all right, we'll be right back. Over 650,000 people have downloaded Aurora HDR software, and they've created millions of beautiful images. Along the way, MacFun listened, gathered the feedback on how the software should be improved, then they improved it. The result was Aurora HDR 2017, a new streamlined and powerful version of the software. In a brand new TWIP school course, photography educator and world traveler Federico Chielli takes you through this groundbreaking application from start to finish. The course is regularly priced at $147, but for a few days with the coupon code WANDERLUST will knock the price down to just $99. You can check it out at twipschool.com. All right, folks, we are back. It is time for our Picks of the Week segment. This is that segment where you can, our guests, can recommend anything to the TWIP Army as long as it is somehow related to photography. Fede, what is your Pick of the Week, man? Well, it, it's definitely the, the Mavic, which has been the, the most exciting thing that happened to my photographic and, and, and filmic life lately. Mm-hmm. Um, I could add one more thing. Uh, I exchanged an old uh, Lumix camera. Uh, for actually a GoPro. <laughs> mm. uh, I never owned a GoPro in my life, and this is the Hero 5, the new model. This is actually very well put together, and it goes underwater. My thinking was like I'll spend like three, four months on a beach basically this winter, yeah. and I want to be able to just jump in the water, uh, take a couple of shots, and the video quality is really good on this thing. Especially now there's a new linear mode. Yeah. Uh, the thing I, I wasn't crazy about... Um, the GoPro is like that fisheye look that you always see. On, and unless you're a cool surfer, maybe it's not the right look for everything. Uh, this one is a linear mode, which basically crops a little bit automatically. You get less of a field of view, but everything is straightened. It's not uh, having a fisheye effect. It, and it's not doing really that good. bowed, that bowed yeah. look. So is it, is it a rectilinear lens? or, or? No, it, it's, it's done in software. So you cannot shoot uh, 4K like that, but you shoot 2.7K. And then uh, it rectifies in software. But I brought it into my final cut. 
and graded it and it, it looks pretty good it looks close to the, the video quality that I get on my Osmo or the iPhone 7 plus so mm. it's, it's 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 a nice addition to what I had before and it's very tiny so I, ca I can see myself using it a lot just because it goes everywhere and you know what, so, can I, I, want, I want you to add one more thing to your pick of the week fitting the uh, the camera bag that you're using so what oh, what so camera, bag, camera is bag is it it's called Technique, but it's spelled in a bizarre. So it's T E K N I Q. Okay. Um, yeah, because they want to make sure that no one would be able to spell their name. <laughs> it's a company that does only one camera bag, and and I I I bought it for really cheap long time ago. It was like one of those the, uh, introductory offer that felt like a Kickstarter, but it wasn't. It was something weird. And now it went up in price. I just looked at it uh, with you last time. It's like 250 bucks, which is a lot of wow. money. I, I think yeah. I paid like $99 for this thing. Yeah, but what's great, it's like modular, basically. So if you take this stuff apart, you have like a big zip. I don't know. It's all dark on dark. But if you take this zip apart, you can basically... Let's see. I want to just destroy everything. You can undo the buckles here and... So the the top portion have, that's that's fantastic. And there's an extra strap that you can you can use basically. This becomes like a small uh, what do you call it? like a sling bag, and yep. the bottom part you can basically mount the strap and use it as a sling or as a, a small backpack. And then you have yep. the you know the the side opening you know to take off the camera. That's the side of the bag. I don't know if it's. Easy yeah, yeah, like I can that. see that. What's that? What's that? It's called T E T E K N I Q. N I Q. Okay, I'm gonna bring up a picture of that so folks can see it a little better. And to me, the 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 thing that changed my life, I used to try to fit all my camera gear and my laptop. That's it, in the same bag. And as soon as I got a small bag just for the laptop, and I and I basically load my laptop and a all the cables, bags, and accessories in a different bag, and then I have this one, and I'm fine. Because nice. before I had weird-looking like bags because I wanted to fit my laptop in the same bag. Now I travel mm -hmm. with these two. I never had problems even on small flights. And your, and your MacBook fits in there? My MacBook does not fit in this bag. I have an extra small okay. uh, laptop bag that I carry with me. Oh. So See, dividing the laptop bigger. from the rest was the thing that changed my life, basically. Oh. You can fit if an iPad mini well, an iPad. Oh, an iPad Mini. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's beautiful though. That's the one you had in Mexico, right? Yeah. I love that, and that's T E T E K N I Q, or T E K N I Q Photo dot com is the URL for that. I like that. Very cool. And you've you've had that for a couple of years now, right? Yes. And that's kind of the bag that I use to travel. But then when I get a destination, I use like normal. Uh, water repellent bags like travel bags like little like very soft backpack and i just mm -hmm. load uh, the inserts uh from a camera bag in there so that Beautiful. if i'm caught in the rain i kind of don't walk with this thing on my shoulder ever it's weird yeah i'm still i'm still in my i still i'm still digging my peak design bags yeah that's like a that's the bag <laughs> yeah yeah i like them i like them yeah. and i can get my macbook 13 in there so you know, depending the way that I kind of handle that configuration thing is I have sub bags inside of my main bag. So I have a bag for audio gear. I got a bag for different cables and adapters. 
Um, obviously a bag for SD cards or a little wallet for SD cards. All that stuff is kind of modular within the bag. So if for some reason the 13-inch um, Peak Design Everyday Messenger bag is too small or maybe I'm going hiking, I can just take those bags out and put, and them, put them in the big, put them yeah. in the backpack, and I'm rocking and rolling. But I, I still want one bag to rule them all, right? Yeah. I'm, I'm on the never-ending search to find that perfect bag. Like yours looks... Closer to perfect than my well, no peak laptop. design bags. As long as you don't carry the laptop in there, you're fine. But I need the laptop. Like I need to yeah. be able to. I want one bag that I can have all my camera gear, my drone, everything in one area, and then be able to break off. So like like with your bag, yeah. I want to be able to take that bag on a trip, and then I get to my hotel room and I'm going out on a photo walk. I want to be able to take that top part off and just walk around with just the stuff that I need. And I could go sit down at dinner without being that guy with luggage sitting next to his table, you know, all that stuff. You should and then, get in touch with them and, and like, uh, like Trey, design a bag with them. Why there not? There you go. The Wanderlust bag. <laughs> we'll call it the Twip. Yeah, the Twip, the, the Wanderlust technique or the yeah. Twip Wanderlust technique. Exactly. Love it. Cool. <laughs> all right. So my, my pick of the week, I don't, I use, usually I don't do a pick of the week. This time I wanted to do one. Um, because I think this computer that we talked about earlier yeah. is important. This is the Apple, this is the, the, the MacBook, the new MacBook they just announced last week. And although I'm probably not going to buy this computer immediately, I may get it next year or something. I'm not going to buy it right now. I think if you are that person that has an old MacBook or an old computer yeah. and you're looking for a reason to jump to something state-of-the-art... Without hesitation, this is yeah. <laughs> this is any of you, you know, considering you're in the Mac world, you know, um, this is without hesitation the a great computer. At least it looks like it on paper. I haven't I've yet to touch one, but looking at the reviews on YouTube and looking at the I watched the keynote and knowing what Apple does and their the fit and finish to everything they do, this looks like a beastly computer for for doing most of your work. Yeah. Now, that said, like we said when we were talking about it earlier, there's the issue of ports, right? Because it's got those, would you say, four USB 3 slash Thunderbolt ports on the side, which can move a lot of data, and you can daisy-chain monitors and, and all that stuff through it and, and power through it. Uh, but it's missing some stuff, too. Like, it no longer yeah. has those dedicated yeah. display ports, so those are gone. Um, what's what's gone... Um, uh, lightning the SD card slot. SD card yeah. slot's gone. No lightning ports. It's got a headphone microphone jack on there, which is good. So you could, I know that I could do everything that I do today with my existing MacBook with this new one, but I'd have to make some concessions and I'd have to get some, I'd essentially have to put another bag in my bag with, <laughs> with the adapter so that, you know, I'm not stuck someplace that doesn't yeah. support this particular uh, configuration. I don't know. What do you, what do you think, Fede? Would you uh, would you consider getting uh, this? This looks like me in in a year and a half. I'm mm -hmm. thinking. I'm mm -hmm. kind of like I'm weird. Like for instance, when I bought my MacBook Pro 15 inch to edit video, I went online, I looked at reviews, and I found out that basically the 2014 model was almost the same as the 2015 model in in performance. And I got an amazing deal from Amazon. There was like a refurbished machine from 2014, fully loaded. And I, I paid like, I think, $800 less than the, the most recent model. So mm -hmm. sometimes buying the model before through Amazon, you can find uh, refurb. I had really good luck with that. 
And just like cars, right? Yeah. Buy a used car and, and let, let somebody else pay for all that depreciation. Yeah. Yeah. I saved a lot of money. I, I'd rather spend money in lenses and trips and other things. So if I have a computer that can do what I want, which is basically editing videos is the, is the hardest thing uh, for any machine, I would say. And so if, if it deals with like 4K footage that comes out of my Osmo or my iPhone or my Mavic, I'm fine with it. I don't yeah. need much more. Uh, yeah. I never had and issues with Lightroom. I, I hear a lot of complaints about, you know, people with big libraries and performance issues. I never had any issues with uh, with Lightroom, so. Yeah. yeah. I'm mean, lucky. Yeah, so far. <laughs> yeah. But the, the other thing, um, I would be remiss if I didn't bring this up. Um, the Surface Studio, I'm going to bring up a picture of it as well, because this thing is it's just beautiful. So this guy... Here you go. So there's the Surface Studio. Uh, yeah. The design of this page reminds me of the Apple <laughs> page a little bit, but it is this is a beautiful computer. Yeah, and, it is. You know, if if you're like like Fede said earlier, if you're the person that needs to get in and tinker with adding extra hard drives and swapping out video cards and all that stuff, you know, I don't know what the I don't know what the the uh, the, the performance specs of this are versus other top of the line Windows based machines, but I would probably I I'd probably hazard a guess that this is not the gamers end all no, be all no, no, if you're no. a gamer right. So this is this is more of the desktop office worker machine. I could see this in some high tech office environment, you know, where there's thirty of these things on desks or, you know. Or it, some it just like, looks uh, beautiful. I, I work sometimes for a fashion photography agency. This would be the, the, mm -hmm. the, the typical like front desk machine as you walk into the beautiful agency. Yeah. That's what you see. Yep. Um, yep. Yep. I, uh, so if I could, I mean, if like I said, if Apple had a computer like this available, I would probably buy this. <laughs> yeah. So I'm, I'm getting older and the skeptic in me feels like maybe in two years we'll see something that kind of looks like this made by Apple, but we, we're going to love it because it's by Apple and it works kind of bad. No, it's kind of uh, like maybe it's maybe, tablets. Yeah. You remember tablets? You know, everybody That's was true. doing tablets and then the iPod came out and we were like, oh, my God, I got to have this. I don't know. Yeah. There's something about. You hey, want to hear I, you want to hear what yeah. my ideal computer is right now? My ideal portable computer. And Microsoft is closer to my ideal than Apple is, ironically. Um, but what I would like to see is a MacBook Pro iPad hybrid. Yeah. I want, a, I want a MacBook Pro that I can detach the screen from. And when it detects that it's been detached from the main CPU, it switches into iOS mode and out of screen mode. All right. So you want it to be iOS. You don't want to be a Mac that that Correct. actually grab it. Okay. No, I want. I just want the. I want the screen part of my MacBook Pro to come off and then just instantly switch into. Or give me some screen that says, "Hey, do you want to use me as an external display, or do you yeah. want to use me as an iOS device?" And I'll say iOS device, and now it's my iPad. I want that to work. The other thing that I want on my my iPads and all of my iOS devices is multi-user switching. I know they're okay. doing that. They're getting into that a little bit, but I need. I want my iPad. Anybody that comes to the house to be able to use my iPad without and, getting know, into your stuff. Basically. Without you know getting into like the the depths of my personal life. Yeah. I want to be able to just hey yeah, or have more than one person be able to touch ID, have them recognized by yeah. the computer and say oh this is so and so is now your iPad yeah. right? That those things seem like like easy swings for them to hit. Granted, if they did multi-user switching on an iOS device, that would cannibalize sales because 
why would you buy three of them when you could just have one family computer, you yeah, know, exactly. one family tablet? But, you know, in, in, in terms of technology and technology's use is to make our lives easier, that would make my life easier to be able yes. to have those kind of features. So, I don't know. I don't know. One day we'll have these features, and when you know, we're talking about this stuff now. At the end of we're in October. It's Halloween <laughs> as we record this. October thirty first, twenty seventeen. October twenty thirty first, twenty eighteen. I'm sorry, twenty sixteen. October twenty thirty first, twenty seventeen. Imagine how archaic all of the stuff that we talked about in this show will seem. But that's why I like to step away from civilization for as long as I can and then just go spend time over there yeah. where I have all my cool toys and that's as good as it gets and I don't care what comes out in that period because I'm there enjoying because it's kind of using the stuff is also like for me the ultimate you know especially with cameras and, and, and video devices the great stuff is to go to a cool place where you can actually use your stuff I remember you, you saying my gear is happy right my gear is happy because it's getting used <laughs> You hit it right on the head. You yeah. hit it right on the head, man. Like we get Twip and me are are guilty as anybody of this whole gear lust or gear acquisition it's syndrome. Fun, I understand. Yeah, it's fun, and we're you know I think part of being of loving this stuff is being a geek, and yeah. geeks inherently are drawn to new, innovative, cool things. We like that stuff, you know. We like new mics. I like a new display, a new cameras. Tell all this stuff. I like to see it and I want it, you know, yeah. but you hit it on the head. Like you at a certain point, this stuff is here to allow you to do something really, really cool, create images or media. You know, I don't want to say photos, but it's now these days it's just media. These things allow you to do that and, and create some things that communicate your vision relatively or yeah. really easily in most cases. And a lot of people just skip right over that because it's like, oh, the next MacBook, I must have it. You know, yeah. it's not the next MacBook. What will that let me do beyond what my existing MacBook is letting me do? Yeah. You know? But I feel like if you take that money and travel with it, it's probably the experience is more rewarding at the mm -hmm. end. Mm -hmm. Even though it's, it's you know, because you feel like, okay, traveling is something that I do and then it's done and it's it finishes up. But the experience, you know, what you learn, it stays with you forever. I, I think it's it's much better than just acquiring things, you know. Yep. Granted that. And, right? uh, I'm sorry, go ahead, Fede. No, a certain degree of technology is required, you know, especially with cameras nowadays. You know, if you have a really, really, really old camera, there are certain things maybe that uh, maybe you can't do. You know, you want to do crazy yeah. astrophotography. Okay, you need uh, some type of modern yeah. camera. But yeah, yeah. You know, as, I know people that with like still with old film cameras can like take amazing photos. Oh my god! So. Yeah, yeah. I mean, as as the zeitgeist changes of the kind of imagery and media that we want to create, then the tools that we use to create them is kind of driving that, right? Yeah. So, you know, if, like you were saying, you know, now astrophotography or doing low light shots or doing this kind of thing without strobes and all that stuff, yeah, all that stuff is possible because of, of the technology that's here today. So trying to take something that was created back in the 80s or 90s and create things that are today's zeitgeist in time in terms of the you know the images that we want to create probably not going to work you're you're kind of walking into the wind so if you want to be that do that that kind of stuff you need tools that were designed to do that if you're doing straight photography you're you know art for the sake of art black and white stuff street photography all millions of different kinds of genres any camera that was made in the past for the most part is going to do the job for you it's only but, when you start leaning into it you need 
better stuff. I noticed a shift. I'm an avid uh, YouTube user, and, and mm -hmm. I really like also to watch vlogs, you know, people vlogging. And mm -hmm. There's a shift. Before, there used to be a lot of, like, oh, test, you know, like, I, I love to see testing equipment, but I also like to see people that with the, these things are making real stuff, not just, you know, the test flight video for the Navica. They actually take it and, and they do like little movies with music and little stories. You know, it's, it's much more interesting. Yeah. And I yeah, noticed a shift thanks, I think, to people like Casey Neistat and a, a lot of like famous vloggers, maybe because they're making a lot of money and it's attracting young people. But I see a lot of this vlog production uh, level that it, it's getting better and better yeah. and better. Yeah. And the kind of stuff it's getting more interesting. It's not just, you know, like test of underwater shot with a GoPro 5, okay, whatever. But, you know, there's actually yeah. substance and I think it's going to destroy television eventually because I spend my free time watching YouTube nowadays. I do too. I do yeah. too. Hey, before we close up the show, I wanted to say one last thing on that. So <laughs> and I, 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 I'm somewhat embarrassed to say this, but then in a way I'm not. No. So I'm I'm a YouTubeaholic too, right? So I, you know, I that's how I watch the keynote for different things. I, Same you thing. know, I I learn about you know different hardware and software. I'm learning streaming from YouTube. You know, all this stuff is coming through YouTube. I even purchased the YouTube Red account to get rid of the ads, right? So, you know, and I'm <laughs> yeah, it's, it was great. So you know, I'm I'm in that mix. One of the areas that I'm embarrassed to say that I. I just now recently discovered it's like a whole new world inside of YouTube and that's gaming. Okay. Like people streaming games and building up audiences just around their skill around playing games. I was, I was watching this and I've been like addicted for the last two days just looking at these people playing Call of Duty and or Titanfall or something yeah. like you know, on the one hand, it's like, I think of, <laughs> I know this is going to be controversial, but I think of it as like, it's almost like pornography, right? <laughs> it's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Why would you want to watch someone doing that, you know, when you could just go do it and have a better time? Same with these games. I'm like, I feel like a voyeur, but on the same side, it felt, it feels cool because it's like, I feel like I'm sitting with somebody that knows how to play this cool game and they're there with me, showing me how to play the game and it's they're like enjoying it. High octane uh, sports player in action, you know. Like yeah. Maybe you can play football too, but when you watch like a professional do it, it's like, okay, I can watch this. You know? Yeah, yeah, and I get sucked into it. I'm just like watching these guys <laughs> play Doom and and go through these levels. I'm like, oh man, this is great. Then I'll stop and I'll play a little bit, you know. Then I'll go back and watch them. And oh, so that's the, where that the, thing is. The game know? thing for me, it's like no good because I'm kind of like a recovering. Uh, I, I gave up gaming many years ago because I used to waste too much time. Uh -huh. But I, I grew up pre-internet. I'm 50 years old, so I grew up pre-internet with the first computers, like spending most of my time like hacking games, making games, downloading games, playing games. It was like an obsession. Yeah. And once I became like uh, something else, I was like, okay, no more gaming because I was spending way too much time. So no, I still no, I stay away because I could fall back into it. You're <laughs> recovering so game all nowadays. I'm like, oh, I don't want to see it. <laughs> I don't know yet. Yeah, I... I, I've had an Xbox in the house. I, I just I don't have that kind of I don't know addictive compulsive personality or whatever that that it would get to the level where I'm like oh my god I've been playing this since six a.m. yesterday you yeah. know I I've never been that guy um, but I could see how easy it's a slippery slope because time time literally above the TV in my living room there's a clock much like the one that I have yeah. up here 
behind me. Oh, you, yeah, see that clock up there? Yeah, yeah, I see. So there's there's a clock like that in my living room, and I was playing Doom. I downloaded Doom, which took forever to download. So I'm playing that game on Xbox One, and I look up, and it was like 10 o'clock p.m. or something. I'm like, okay, yeah, I'll play for 30 minutes or an hour, and, and then I'll, yep. go, I'll go do something. <laughs> I go through a couple of levels, playing, having fun. I'm like, okay, yeah, let me let me go to bed now. I look up at the clock, three a.m. <laughs> that's that's like, how what? it is. I'm like, what? I honestly, I was like, is that clock right? Because I've only been yeah. sitting here for a few minutes. And no, no it's yeah. like gone. No. Gotta love it. Lately Gotta for me, so that's my latest nature. obsession. Nature is my thing lately. Like, I want to be in nature, yeah. outdoor. You know. <laughs> yeah, which is why we're such good happy. friends. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but it's, it's uh, yeah, yeah, I don't know. The other part of it was kind of scientific because I'm thinking these people are a lot of, in a lot of cases, they're streaming these games and playing them live at 60 frames a second uh, in HD. And I'm like, yeah. how does that even happen? They're pumping that much data. <laughs> it's not like, like every frame on the screen is changing every second, yeah. right? Because it's fast paced, frenetic gaming. Yeah. Like, how is YouTube, how, how does that happen? <laughs> You know, then you got <laughs> thousands and thousands of people streaming their games at this fast data rate, you know, and then we're sitting here like in a hangout trying to make sure it doesn't freeze, you know, yeah. <laughs> like how do they do that? And we're having trouble with talking head stuff. That's make not sure fair. my cat doesn't sit on the router. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. All right, man. We have too much fun talking about this. Right. Let's close the show up. What's, uh, what do you have coming up? You know, you could you know, tell, tell us the list of things that are coming up in Fetty Land. So coming up, uh, I'll, I'll move to Mexico like every winter. Um, I'm actually going to a different location in Mexico to prepare another uh, workshop that we're going to announce later on. Uh, I'm going to be in Oaxaca, Mexico, which is a total different area. It's on the hills. It's more like a cultural town, beautiful place. Uh, then I'm going to get back here and uh, we're going to have uh, our first workshop February 11th. Yep. Um, and I guess we'll take it from there. Uh, I'll stay busy in the meantime, but those are like the two main things. Uh, we launched the website, uh, Twip Wanderlust, uh, which is going to feature just one page for now <laughs> with one workshop. Yep. Uh, and, and, but it's going to be kind of like, I think, the, the place where people can get more information about everything that we're doing as far as like the travel arm of Twip. Yeah, um, that's exactly what it is. Yep. And these these workshops are... They may be a little bit different than the, yes. the, the a lot of the other workshops that are out there. I just want to draw a circle around that because there's a ton of workshops that are happening to all over the world, you know, Mexico, Cuba, Vietnam, etc. These, the ones that we are collaborating on are going to be different because you and I have this mindset of over-promise and under-deliver, um, high quality, high yeah. touch you know, this is this is not a. It's actually hey, the we're in a third it's, world it's country. Under promise, under promise, over deliver. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> under promise, over deliver. Yeah, sorry. That's the, the opposite yeah. is not good. <laughs> yeah, under promise, over deliver. Thank you. See, that's why you're the yin yang here. Uh, but yeah, our workshops. When, like, for example, in Mexico, when we go to Mexico in this adventure, it, it's gonna feel like you're everything's taken care of, right? So all the meals, you know the getting ferried to different places where you're living it feels like almost like a cruise ship experience Me, i have like a, inside. A, a little meter which is like could i do this with my girlfriend <laughs> mm -hmm. and that's how we travel usually when we travel mm -hmm. so everything that we're doing we kind of tried out before together and 
she's kind of like the golden standard. If at the yes. end of the three we're both happy, you know, and then it's a good thing. She's the canary in the coal mine, right? <laughs> no, because as a guy, sometimes you say, oh, you know, I'll sacrifice this and that just to go see that. But in this case, I think I'm also at an age where I don't want to sacrifice that much anymore. And so the, yeah. the, the quality of accommodation uh, makes a good part of the trip, you know, quality of food, accommodation, transport, all that stuff. It's a big part, you know, it's not yeah. just going and seeing the beautiful biosphere with flamingos. That's the destination, but the, 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 the trip to the destination is, is important, basically. And that's well, why it no. took us a while to design this thing, but uh, you'll see more, more, more destination coming through. Um, well, listeners, if you can't get enough of Fede's amazing Italian accent, you can give more of it in the TWIB school. Fede has two courses in the TWIB school. One is called Aurora HDR 2017 Demystified. And what's the other one? Digital Video Alchemy that yes. we collaborated on together. Both of them are in the school. I think they're both priced at 147 but 99 bucks each. For, uh, for folks that are listening to this with the code WANDERLUST. WANDERLUST will we'll knock 50 bucks off. That's a, that word is worth $100 to you. So definitely go, go check that out. All right. We're at the end of another episode of This Week in Photo. Remember, you can help us grow This Week in Photo by becoming a patron. Every donation yeah. helps us grow the show. There's a lot of stuff we want to do, including... I'll give you a peek into it, that live streaming stuff I've been talking about over the past couple of episodes. But also in the future, if all goes well, tip, TWIP will be on the air a lot. So just keep that, keep that in mind. I'm making <laughs> some steps towards, uh, you know, kind of, kind of, kind of the stuff that, uh, like the, the godfather of podcasting Leo Laporte is doing. We kind of want to take TWIP in that direction, but we need your help to do that. So you can head over to twip.pro slash donate. That's twip.pro slash donate to become a patron of This Week in Photo. If you listen to us over the years, you kind of know where we're going with all this stuff because Twip has gotten better and better over the years. And now the next logical step for where the network is going is kind of streaming online and more of a network. So definitely check it out. And also check out all the other podcasts we have at thisweekinphoto.com. You can subscribe to all of them and all things photography over there. Definitely check it out. And now it is time to take that lens cap off. Mm -hmm.